2: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
3: Mahomes
0: has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown.
3: This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of Viz Overtime and Road of Is Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and joined by Sean Siegel as we get ready for more draft season. Today though, Sean, we're going to be linking it in a little bit to the draft itself, uh, but maybe not in the way the listeners are expecting uh, the Dynasty Workshop up on the website with curtis patrick he's talking about how to win early and dynasty startup drafts every year and i think there's some really good information in this that we're going to be talking about on today's show so i know i say this about every show sean i know i always say it's the most fun time of the year and the show today is going to be a lot of fun but recording these shows is always a lot of fun so uh looking forward to this one again
2: yeah and i mean Again, we talked about if the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl, then Super Bowl week would have been the most fun of the year. Since they did not, then this time period right now, where we're doing <laughs> our football drafts, we're doing our dynasty startups, this is the most fun time of the fantasy football season. So we're, we're really getting into it here. One of the things we wanted to talk about, we all, often talk about my articles on the show, but we also like to spotlight some of the other great stuff that people are doing. Sam Wallace and I have been involved in a Superflex Dynasty startup mock on the site. Sam's got part four up there. And you know his work is fantastic. Make sure to check that out, talking about how round four is a round that you can really create a lot of extra value by trading around, trading down, being patient. Today, we're gonna to talk about Curtis Patrick's dynasty workshop. And for anyone listening to the show, they know that Curtis Patrick is one of if not the sharpest mind in the entire Dynasty universe. And one of the cool things that he has done with this piece and with this series, he teaches you how to play Dynasty. He teaches you how to win. If you've been in the league with with Curtis, you know that he's the guy you have to beat in the finals if you want to win your title. And we're looking here today at how to win these early startup drafts. So, Maybe you're thinking, well, you know, we're going to wait to do our startup until after the NFL draft. You want to know where these players are going to go. And my suggestion would be, yeah, that's that's fine. You can do that. It is a little bit safer. It's certainly still fun that way. I mean, there, there are no downsides to it. But if you want to add a little bit more strategy to your league, if you want to add a little bit more uncertainty and fun, you want to be someone who benefits from the Rotovis rookie guide, then consider having your startup before the NFL draft, because there are some areas that you can really exploit if you do that. And one of that, one of the areas is where rookies go in these startup drafts. Now, Curtis has used our dynasty ADP tools. They're pretty cool because you can pull up the two, three, four year trends from some of these guys. You can look at stuff from MFL, or if you're getting ready to play one of these FFPC dynasty leagues which are a lot of fun they've got some orphans out there right now if you don't want to wait for a draft you just want to get in there some of these teams are heavily discounted so you can play for less than you would otherwise have to you can pull up the ffpc adp you can pull up mfl adp you can see where these guys have gone over several years and curtis has been able to do this pulled out the rookies and call them, he came to some pretty surprising conclusions
3: yeah, I think, and, and just when we before we get into it, Curtis is obviously uh, back on the airwaves um, since last week with the Dynasty Command Center as well on the the road of his radio airwaves. So, uh, for anyone that uh, isn't a, a regular listening to Curtis, uh, just phenomenal stuff that he puts together. His content on the the website is always phenomenal, but I I think in terms of a, a podcaster. The work he does is, is tremendous so if you're not already subscribed to the dynasty command center make sure you you do that that'll be my my plug uh, it's one of my uh like i don't miss an episode or listen to every single one of his shows so do uh, do subscribe to that now in terms of what he's found here uh, nicely illustrated uh, in the article as well very very simple uh, in terms of the rookies drafted by startup round when we look down through them as well He's done it over the last three seasons to to get that data. What you will see is that, you know, year on year through those first ten rounds, it mightn't seem like huge, huge differences. But when we add it up, then through the three seasons, um, there's there's a lot more uh, in terms of the the post draft NFL, which he's counting as the late season kind of dynasty uh, startup drafts that are happening well past the draft, and then the drafts that are starting now in the pre NFL draft time so if we look in terms of top 60 picks um, that's where i see a lot of change and then obviously as it broken into top 120 picks when we look at it year on year uh, we see again those splits uh qu- quite dramatic i think and when we start looking at them in that their particular uh, bucket but when we look at the three years combined uh top 60 picks pre-nfl draft we have 12 picks going in the top 60 and post nfl style drafting later in the offseason we have 20 so that's jumping by eight picks in those top 60 Uh, and then in the top 120 we have 43 in the pre-draft and that jumps by 12 picks then to 55 uh, in the post draft so it's showing that there is a a big change and a a big uh, fluctuation in those values after the draft um, and we're seeing that it's it's not a case of like the top 60 picks that everyone's filtering and <laughs> and at the top, the 50 to 60 range is broken down to see it round by round. So a lot of movement, a lot of change and all very positive for those rookies. and what tends to happen at this point in the season is we're not sure if the landing spots uh, and obviously that there can make people a little bit apprehensive to draft those guys. but when it comes to how that value changes, post-draft it's pretty much a, a jump uh, forward in terms of ADP in all instances
2: it is and one of the things that he does look at here is trying to d- let you know whether or not this is based solely on one year and so we can look through and see that it's actually been quite consistent we look at that top 60 in 2018 four players four rookies pre-NFL draft eight post-NFL draft 2019 only one before the NFL draft Four afterwards. Last year, seven before, eight after. The numbers are similar in terms of the number of guys who are jumping up in the top 120. And there are a lot of guys who start going in the top 120. So that range from 60 to 120 is a great range to target i said surprising call i don't know for sure that this is surprising we do know for example that one thing that will happen in these best ball leagues and we talked about how to beat your best ball draft on tuesday is you see some of these rookies really rise once people know where they're going to go i think this is interesting because one of the things that does happen is that we know that a handful of rookies will hit teams and hit circumstances that actually aren't that good for them Right, you think about 2020, and again last year we saw the same trend. That was even after Jonathan Taylor lands with Marlon Mack, DeAndre Swift lands in there with uh, on Johnson. It turns out, you know, the big problem ended up being Adrian Peterson. But beyond that, the big problem was the Detroit Lions. They don't really throw to the running backs that well. That's going to change, but it wasn't a great situation for the rookie to come into last season. Cam Akers goes in there with Darrell Henderson. And JK Dobbins gets stuck in this situation with Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram. So even knowing then that some of these guys go to bats, and I think for some of those players, we were pretty disappointed that they didn't go at that first second round edge, a lot of them dropped into the mid-second round. But you do have some other guys like a Clyde Edwards Alaire who benefits from going with the Chiefs. Now, you know, that didn't pan out, but in terms of the value that you saw and the trade value that existed before the, the semi-bust action from Edwards-Alaire, there was an exploitable opportunity there. And so we wanna be looking at a couple of different types of players, I think, call them The one would be someone like an Edwards-Alaire. So if we're looking at the running backs and we're looking at, say, the top four, five, six guys, then if we can take the players at the back end of that tier, if one of them hits the right situation, we know he's going to vault up. The other thing that we can be looking about is all of these wide receivers. One of the things that we've talked about on the show is that in Dynasty, the rich stay rich and tend to get richer because wide receivers fall to the second half of rookie drafts and then they end up being the more valuable players on average. Now, there are some very high-end running backs. We don't want to discount this idea that you know, like all running backs are bad. That's definitely not the case. We're not saying that. But just in terms of the number of hits and then the number of years that those hits play, we have these wide receivers who really pan out. So when-
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match
2: where looking at those wide receivers who are going to fall into that 60 to 120 range, we have double the chance at value because they're likely to rise after the NFL draft and they're likely to be more valuable than they're being priced either way. Right? So we have a different kind of, we have multiple types of safety built in. So call after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about some prospects we might want to target and look again at these guys from a mock that I recently put together, looking at some things you can get out of the RotoViz
1: rookie guide. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash rotoviz and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash rotoviz now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash rotoviz. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Hey, RotoViz
2: Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special
1: deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO21. That's RVRADIO21, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the
2: best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe
3: now. Yes, when we look at it, uh, looking at some people, you might want to kind of put this into practice in drafts. And I think think you mentioned there that's interesting, but I think it, it kind of fits in with Curtis's piece as well is when we see some of these guys like uh, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year, and he went from, you know, second or third kind of option and pre-draft ADP to the top option after the draft. And we've seen Jonathan Taylor go from like the top option to the second option. But what you will see is the guys at the top are going to maintain that value, even if they drop a place or two. But like you mentioned, some of the the wide receiver options that you'll have here, um, and we've seen this again this year, where some of the guys going in that kind of late- first round to even mid second round those guys like can really jump up and value through that first off season uh, and again a lot of that comes down to landing spot a lot of that will come down to off season hype in terms of what's happening uh, and i know we didn't really have this as much last year with the training camp situation but a lot of the reports coming out that's player a is looking so good at camp and you know is adapting to the nfl well and that value will just start to pick up from there it's very rare that you see a guy come in in that rookie season and the value is going to keep dropping off after the draft uh, unless things go really really wrong and um, so i think there's a another opportunity it's one of those and i we can have this conversation next year too sean i think it'll probably be similar where those wide receivers who are going in the the later half of that first round really fit into this so so well and i would say again all the way through to the uh, and it'll go beyond this but i find in dynasty one of the best value positions is the the late first round early second round wide receivers um because there's usually four or five guys in there that i'm happy to take my pick from uh, and we see that year on year this year there's a couple of candidates sean that you mentioned in your recent piece that i think fall into that category they might uh, just be and I think they might just fit into this window in terms of that late first round. Um, and it, it could depend as well. Uh, obviously, after the draft of where it go, I think these guys potentially, based on a spot, could push themselves in to the top half of that first round quite easily. Uh, and that's Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore. I think both of those guys um, have the opportunity to really skyrocket in value over the next four or five months. Um, and I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the adp and the the dynasty community and of course when we get to best ball and redraft communities handle that i think both of those guys probably fit into that value where i think they'll they'll just be a little bit undervalued pre-draft and and that value will start to pick up Mm post-draft
2: i agree and uh, these players hit the 111 and the 112 in my first rookie mock talking about where i think these guys are going to go now this is super flex right so we can talk about these quarterbacks really quickly first at the 108 and the 109 i have zach wilson and trey lance and these quarterbacks are coming from a situation where their final year aya numbers 12.5 and 11.7 and lance obviously sitting out 2020 but those numbers are, are excellent. And both of these guys with the plus mobility, the NFL size, the good arms, they give off these Dak Prescott, Josh Allen sorts of vibes. And yet at the same time, there is a lot of risk because they only have the one big season on the resume and that season, not against the high level competition that we might have seen from some of the other quarterbacks. So I like Wilson and Lance anytime you get a bargain on them. And I think that's, again, where this idea of, okay, these guys are going to rise post NFL draft comes in. I think of one of the main drafts that I did in exactly this format last season. And, you know, we've mentioned a few times that I was really high on Justin Herbert last year but didn't just barely missed him in a lot of drafts and so you know you actually have to get your guy there's you, you can't just say oh well i liked him right you, you have to draft him and i remember the draft specifically where i was at the 708 and tj wanted to trade up a couple picks and i'm looking there and I'm thinking okay well you know i can take lavisca chenault if he falls a little bit here i can get my guy i can trade back and get another pick and you know that's where i'll take herbert and just two picks here and of course i made the move to switch back two picks uh, tj takes herbert i do get a good player i think chanel will end up being uh, very good as we go forward but losing that guy who now is i mean he's a first round super flex startup player last year i had him at the 708 and didn't pull the trigger you now that's where you want to be careful you want to make sure you get Exposure to some of these players, I think Wilson and Lance. As long as you wait, as long as you make sure that you're not reaching for them, become very, very interesting quarterbacks for the superflex. McCallum, like you mentioned, let's jump down to these wide receivers. We have Waddle from Alabama. We have more from Purdue. Different situations, big red flags for both guys, but also just this tantalizing upside and fitting in with our theme. Once they go. In the first round to a specific team, and you can start to dream about the quarterback combination, the coaching combination. I think, and obviously, the NFL draft is set up to thwart your expectations. Every year we get the Clyde Edwards Alaire types of picks. But I think that these guys are set to go in the back half of the first round, which is exciting in a lot of ways because they're more likely to go to a team that really has some things going. I think for Rondell Moore, I mean, the perfect fit is the Kansas city chiefs last year, the perfect fit with Jonathan Taylor, they had the chance, they passed on it. They paid the penalty in the super bowl there this year, you know, they're already starting to talk about, Oh, you know, we'll resign Sammy Watkins. If, if the value is right, like the value is zero, right? I mean, is Sammy Watkins to <laughs> for zero dollars because, because that's where the value is for next year let's talk about these two guys we have waddle and one of the main things here is that he's in this alabama wide receiver core that has two first round picks last year it has smith the heisman trophy winner and possibly the first wide receiver off the board if not then the second a guy who's probably going to go in the top 10 who just had one of the greatest collegiate wide receiver seasons in college football history right Auto playing a little bit in the shadow of those guys it doesn't have the market share numbers that we would want or expect for someone of his caliber. But you get all of the rumors and the rhetoric about how you know he can ch- challenge that freakish speed from Henry Ruggs, and he's probably a better player than Ruggs. One of the things that we're looking at is that because of his injury in his last season, where he was really going to be able to show what he could do you know, once Ruggs and Judy were gone, that injury made it harder to tell but we did have this four game stretch when he was healthy where he puts up 8 134 and 2 against Missouri 5 142 and 1 against Texas A&M 6 120 against Ole Miss and 6 161 and 1 against Georgia we know that one of the worst mistakes that NFL GMs and fantasy owners can make is to put too much emphasis On a small flash of numbers but within the context here knowing the other things that we know about some of these Alabama receivers assuming that he actually is the number one alpha athlete in this class is he someone you'd be excited about
3: Oh, I I'm excited and I know there's I think out of all the the rookie wide receivers coming up in this incoming class uh, the most messages I've got on twitter the most emails that have come into rotoviz radio at gmail.com have been around waddle um the, the one thing I'll say is it, it is kind of a, a polarizing pick at some point and I think you've kind of hit on why that is and it's basically that there's you know a, an amazing stretch and that uh four games of what he can do but it's like was that lightning in a bottle or is that uh something that we can see translate to the nfl Uh, i think when we're doing this particular uh kind of viewpoint that we're looking at players and their improvement value like if he happened to end up with the chiefs uh you know it's that's just going to be petrol rocket fuel on top of uh his his adp um but i think that there's so much uh, potential coming in there i think you know you could also say that there's the injury concerns as well but um in terms of his college career just one yard shy of 2017 touchdowns for him um so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that um you know how that filters through different people's perspectives but i think that also means that like i mentioned the possible polarization off his uh, pick and where he lands and how much of the sample size is going to affect it i think we could see him potentially fall in drafts where that shouldn't be the case uh, i think people are going to pass up pa- pass him up in some leagues and i think that just leads to, to more value for us um, on him in, in our drafts
2: it's interesting because the las vegas raiders took his teammate last year And then their sort of post mortem of his rookie season was that, yeah, he's fast, but he needs to work on all of the different elements of being an NFL wide receiver. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah i mean those are things that everybody seemed to know (laughs) right i mean rugs was someone who was an unfinished product and when you compared him to judy and to smith he was not in that same ballpark and yet you still took him as the first wide receiver off the board when you're telling us that he needs to work on his wide receiver skills that's not news to anybody right so you know we still have some hopes for rugs blair has some cool articles about him if you're wondering what the upside scenario might be for him uh google those check those out anytime you read Blair Andrews you come away having learned something about football and how to play fantasy uh, give that a check let's go to more here really quick before we wrap up column my contribution to the rookie guide in volume one and I'll have different articles in volume two and volume three all of which you can get for the 1999 package my article was on wide receiver breakout age this is something I started talking about back in twenty fourteen and, and really one of the foundational articles uh, for the site and for our prospect analysis. And you know, if if you miss that or you want to check in terms of exactly how you should put breakout age together and what it means, again, Blair had a great article on that last year in his wrong read series. And the thing that, that was kind of fun for me is that it, it basically vindicated the method that we've been using. If it hadn't, we would have changed, we would have made sure that we use the best practice so we're looking at these guys who hit a 30% dominator rating as their breakout. And we're looking for people who do it early. And there's sort of this soft threshold. Now, the early is better. So it's not like we're just looking at a threshold. But if you look at 20.5 as the age, then the players who break out before that go on to uh, better results than the players who break out after that by sort of a full round. Okay, so you're talking about second rounders outperforming first rounders, third rounders outperforming second rounders. So if all you knew about the players when you're going into your rookie draft was where they were drafted and when their breakout age was, you could beat the draft. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. It's something that's sort of fun. It's not the only thing that you should consider by any stretch, but it is a metric that will help you win. And so then we're looking at this 2021 class. It's kind of fun because. There are ridiculous eight guys who broke out before 20.5, and the real standout is Rondell Moore, who broke out before he turned 19, okay? And so we look at that freshman season. He had 1,258 receiving yards, scored 12 touchdowns in 13 games, but he also added another 213 yards and two scores on the ground. One of the things that you know if you've been following our – rookie research and our prospect research through the years is that these peripheral touches are a very good indicator, especially for smaller receivers like Moore, that they're going to translate well to the NFL. And so we had this player who, as a freshman, looked to be maybe the next coming of say Steve Smith, and then has the injury truncated 2019, 2020, he opts out after a few games. And so Now we only have seven games in the last couple of years to be able to do analysis on him. And so the question that it comes back to is, is he that guy he was as a rookie or have the last couple of years changed things? Colm, you know me, I would prefer to go with the player who comes into college and dominates his collegiate peers when he's young, who shows he can do it right away, who doesn't need two, three, four years to be able to grow just to be able to dominate college players, right? And the the evidence bears that out. It doesn't mean that that's going to be the case for every single guy, that there are no old seniors who go to the NFL and succeed, because there are some. But again, if we want to talk about the odds of beating your draft, this is something that over time is going to allow you to build up this super team. So I'm pretty intrigued by more, but again, there are some red flags.
3: Yeah, there there is red flags there, but I think this year more than ever, like it's going to be a, a quite a strange off season. Um, I know last year we were kind of in this situation, you know, with uh, COVID and things like that, and how the off season program then adapted. But I think with then some players like up and out parts of the season, up and out whole seasons, I think that's what's going to make it a little bit harder for, uh, you know people deciding where to draft these people in the actual NFL draft and where that shakes out um I think if it was a different year and he had opted out of you know pretty much all the season uh while he did opt out this year after three games I think that would be like a huge red flag there'll be a lot of concerns around that I think in this particular year and what has gone on I don't think it's as much of a concern obviously you'd like him to have uh, played a full season of college you know heading into the NFL but I would just be treating it similar to an injury season and in this particular case it's not an injury which is an even more positive situation so the 2019 injury would be more of a concern to me than sitting out the uh 2020 season i think that's understandable um so my thing here again i think those are things that people who maybe are a little bit more risk averse are going to be avoiding uh drafting somebody in that situation but i think this year you're going to, you know, get rewarded for taking those risks and drafts. And there's going to be like, there's no real safe backs. It'll be, I'm very intrigued to see how the NFL draft shakes out, how they decide those players, you know, through fourth round, through seventh round shake out, and how they make those decisions. I think it's going to be very, very intriguing to see it all play out. I think we could see uh, a big change in value based on, some of the the later round guys going earlier and some of the guys projected to go in the mid rounds going later so i think there's gonna be a lot of shuffling around there but i think with more i think what he did at, at such a young age in college the numbers he put up the way he put them up both on the ground and through the air the number of touchdowns that he put up as well being a, a major factor in that and you mentioned him you know breaking out it, it was a 37 percent dominator rating uh, that he, he he generated there so just you know phenomenal numbers and i think i would be putting that into uh into my draft pick when i get to that spot at the end of the first round um and i would be i'd be happy to take either of those guys and i mentioned it earlier in the show where you get to that point between you know the 110 and the 205 and there's two or three wide receivers there that you're just you're really happy to to pick up if, if they're sitting there for you and I just have a feeling these two guys could potentially be in that range, uh, you know, when we get to draft time. And I think if you're drafting now, uh, I think we could see them fall into a nice landing spot, which could really skyrocket that value as well. But it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I I, I am intrigued to see how the draft process and the, and the NFL itself plays out over the the next couple of months. And um, finishing up, Sean. Uh, we've had a a couple of questions over the the last couple of weeks uh, that fit in with our topics and we we haven't talked a huge amount about quarterbacks uh, drafting them on this show but we have over the last couple of weeks Um, and a question comes in from Moylan and and he's wondering what do you do when you have multiple young quarterback studs and how to continue building draft at the position Um, and basically with this upcoming draft being so deep, he's wondering to c- continue building team depth. But he said he already has Mahomes, Murray, Burrow, and Trubisky. I, I don't know if we can include Trubisky as quarterback depth, even in-, in Superflex at the moment. But we'll we'll see what happens there in Chicago. But uh, obviously, the first three of those who he's talking about is what he he also pointed out in the question. Um, he's wondering uh, to keep drafting quarterbacks, uh, or does he? You know, keep the ones he has. Does he sell some of them? Uh, what do we think that he should uh, kind of do in that strategy? So I, I think, Sean, and Superflex, it's it's important to have a core of quarterbacks. Now, he has Mahomes, Murray, and Burrow, uh, and I think that's just a phenomenal trio of quarterbacks. In terms of uh, building and getting deeper, where do you fall on taking, let's say if you have your first round pick this year in a Superflex, are you going quarterback again? Are you going for position in need? I think you're going to mention that, you know, it's about the rich getting richer and if you do have that option you probably want to go and get that young quarterback as well to to keep in that trade window where you can trade that stud quarterback and still have those pieces coming true but i'm interested to get your thoughts on it
2: yeah i mean in Superflex, it's almost impossible to get to where you have too many quarterbacks i i have a hard time doing it because the slightly riskier approach is to Load up and have the most powerful wide receiver running back tight end combination. And then try and have some guys like a Tom Brady and a Drew Brees take you through those first three or four years and allow then. Subsequent drafts to pay off. And so for drafts that I did three, four years ago, though that philosophy has been fantastic because Breeze and Brady continued to perform at a level that would allow you to win. Now, Breeze probably done Brady perhaps has many more years to go. We'll see how that works out. But I, I like that approach. And I think that in the top six of this draft, there are so many elite players. I think. All of them could arguably fit in the number one spot. We went through that on the show recently, where we talked about the first half of that first round, and those guys are so appealing. It would be more difficult to pass on, you know, a, a Smith or an ETN or even say a Kyle Pitts for Wilson and Lance, unless you're completely and totally sold on them. At the same time, you know, I had. I think the safe way to do it, and I certainly have plenty of personal anecdotes where if it had gone slightly differently, you know, if I had taken one of the drafts, if I had taken Herbert instead of J.K. Dobbins, that would have been a home run. Another draft in which it was set up very much like the theme we're talking about on today's show, you know, how to beat these early drafts. Well, I put together a team that now has so many rookie becoming second year studs that it looks like a championship contender for a decade. And yet I'm in a little bit of trouble because the quarterbacks that I rested on at the end were Jimmy Garoppolo and Dwayne Haskins. Now Garoppolo I think is still going to be fine. Haskins, you've got to replace. So now you're in a situation where you have the sixth pick in the upcoming draft and you really think that you're going to be competing for a title next year. You know, do you take one of those potential number one overall picks or do you risk it on the, the quarterbacks here? So If you don't take quarterbacks when you have the possibility, when you have a no-brainer, then later you could end up having to reach. You could end up having to constantly chase points and startable players at that position. That's not the situation you want to get into. Now, if you're talking about a, a normal league, there's a value to having Mahomes, a value to having Murray, certainly even a value to having Joe Burrow, who's someone we're targeting, even though that first, second, third game of the season, maybe the first month of 2021, ends up being a little tricky to him as he rehabs but i think the other thing that you want to make sure that you do is that in all of these leagues that when you get a fair trade offer you at least consider it and you're trying to build a super team for yourself and if you can help other people at different times then you want to be aware of how that can come back to you later on in terms of trade offers that benefit you one of the things that i see in some of these super flex leagues are situations where you have the one guy who's a qb hoarder and doesn't even really seem to care about winning because the rest of his team is bad but has you know four five six seven eight quarterbacks and you know when you approach about a trade you know it's, it's always the best player off of your team that the person wants even though yeah i mean if, if someone has eight qbs in your league then the remaining players are so limited that those qbs do take on more value but in a clear-cut situation where someone is trying to extort you because of how they put their team together, they're actually not that competitive and they want you to overpay, that really shuts down the quarterback market as opposed to being a situation where you can get a lot of value at it. So regardless of position, I really try and make sure that I'm constantly moving my own team forward and not being so focused on winning trades that i lose out on a volume of potential trades in the future because that's what you're really looking at is a large volume of trades that allow you to accomplish your objectives as opposed to you know once every two or three years having this one big trade that benefits you
3: you know i, I agree with that um sean we mentioned on tuesday's show that we are expanding for one further week the five-star contest that is has now expanded uh, to two draft guides that we will be giving away uh, all you have to do is leave a five-star review of how Rotovis Overtime helped you win your league in 2020 you can leave that on all the different podcast uh, players and that that are out there there's a lot of different options i'm getting usually i go and i check uh itunes or apple to see um the reviews but you get them in many many ways and I, i've even had people saying that maybe i'm the only person in the world that uses this player but here is the review and a, a picture of the review so we do thank everyone who has been submitting those uh, i want to just mention on the show on a kind of sadder note um, over the weekend, we did repost the Fantasyland episode that was with Chris Wessling. Um, it was a, an episode that was put up a couple of years back, a phenomenal show done by Pat Corrine and Peter Overzet that Matt Freeman helped put together. Unfortunately, uh, Chris Wessling did pass away uh, just the, the week off the Super Bowl. Uh, for anyone who knew Chris, um, was a, a major uh, part of the NFL community, one of the best guys out there and very, very um, sad news, obviously, with his passing. Um, and I just wanted to, to mention that for a lot of people were reaching out to see how they could listen to that edition. Um, it had, uh, you know, f- removed from some pod players because of the the time passed since it was posted. So it is now available on the His Radio main feed. um was posted on Sunday off this week for anyone that does want to go and check that out. Um, a really uh, powerful episode and uh, quite an emotional one. Listening back to it at this point, um, the last thing as well that I want to mention is, I guess Chris Weston was part of the Around the NFL podcast, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. This uh, I always look for listener suggestions, and so this week uh, with the NFL. Uh, on a kind of a a little bit of a hiatus i'm looking for some non-sports podcasts to to listen to to fill that off-season listening for the next couple of weeks so my call out for next week is to to head us up with the suggestions for the best non-sports podcasts uh, to listen to this off-season you can send them to me at overtime ireland on twitter or rotavisradio at gmail.com we'll include some of the best ones on next week's show as always as a loyal podcast listener as well you can save yourself 10 percent off a road nfl pass by adding the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or we to rotoviz.com for further information and that is going to do it for today's edition of the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to my co-host is sean siegel and you can check out all of sean's great work up on rotoviz.com until we're back next week with another two shows of course have a good one